Hi, and welcome to TK Business Live. I'm Tara Dimmick, and it's great to be with you this Saturday. A quick shout out to our sponsors. We have the Topeka Independent Business Association. They've been a longtime sponsor. There's what They are what makes this happen each and every Saturday. And you can learn more about them at TopekaTIBA.org. They've got some great events coming up. So if you haven't been out to one of their events, it's one of my favorite places to go. Um, and then uh, some of our other sponsors include Lawyers Title of Kansas, Scott HR, and Assurance Exteriors. So a big shout out and thank you to them. Go make sure you, if you're needing some of the services, you go check out Lawyers Title, Scott HR, and Assurance Exteriors. And today I've got, um, I've I'm, I'm look, been looking forward to this. So I've got Alan Cobb uh, in. He is president and CEO of the Kansas Chamber. And we get to talk a little bit about the legislative session and what's gone on so far and maybe a little on Vision 2025. So, Alan, welcome. Thank you, Tara. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I always enjoy this. So it's uh, been, we're in, I mean, session is session, but talk a little bit about the Kansas Chamber first and what it is, what what it's here to do, and why it's so important to you. We are the state's leading advocate for businesses, and most of our advocacy is inside the state house lobbying and and pushing legislation or defeating bad stuff, but we also advocate for businesses out in the public square, promoting manufacturing as a career, promoting the great businesses we have in Kansas, looking at how we improve our workforce. And a lot of that, a lot of the things can be done not inside the state house, but working with an administration or school districts, et cetera. We have businesses of all sizes, of all types of businesses all over the state. We're in 80 of the 81 of the 105 counties. Our biggest sector is manufacturing, but we have every sector that is in Kansas, ag, aviation, manufacturing, financial services. Obviously, Topeka is a big financial services hub. And most of our businesses, 42% have 50 employees or less, and only 12% of our members have 1,000 employees or more. So there's this notion that it's all about big business, but it's, it's not the case. We certainly have a lot of businesses headquartered in Kansas, large and small, but then we also represent a lot of businesses that have major facilities in Kansas that like uh, Cargill, Wichita is practically Cargill's second headquarter, headquarters, and they're a major component of the Kansas Chamber, as is Caterpillar in Wamego. And they're obviously a huge company, and they have a lot of employees and do a lot of great things in, in Wamego, and we're happy to have them as members. You know, it's it was great being a part of, you, you guys also um, make sure Lawrence, or Lawrence, Leadership Kansas happens, which is in Lawrence, the first uh, session right. just got started in Lawrence. And so um, with Leadership Kansas, that gave me personally, and I grew up in Great Bend, Kansas, I grew up in oil, and I knew what that was like, but it gave me a really good perspective, as best as you can over a course of a year, how many different things, different communities were dealing with. And you kind of get blinders on when you're in your own community and you just see what your community's dealing with and what industries your community has in it. And you forget about the whole of how big and different Kansas is from one side to the other. So how do you even support that? I mean, how do you manage it? It's Well, thankfully we have great teammates and John Federico and others that manage the, the program, but I just spoke to the incoming class yesterday and it is it is a we are a big state we only have three million people we have eighty one thousand square miles and if you grew up in great bend you may not have spent any time in leavenworth you may not have ever gone to pittsburgh if you're in liberal you're probably rarely going to junction city or manhattan and uh, same thing for wichita folks don't usually go to goodland or colby i know i grew up in wichita and i'm trying to think the first time i went to colby was certainly as a as an adult and uh, as a later in my career, in fact. So it's a great exposure to all areas of the state, 
people think we're not a diverse state. We absolutely are. The business in southeast Kansas is vastly different than in southwest Kansas, and Johnson County is a little different. Well, Johnson County is different than Wyandotte County and their neighbors. So it's a great way to get exposed to all of the challenges and opportunities and all the great things that are happening all over the state. Yeah, and I think just as as members of Kansas, right, citizens of Kansas, it it's important to at least be open to the fact that maybe the issue you're talking about might actually be really different in Goodland, Kansas, uh, than Absolutely. it is over here. So that 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 was very powerful, and and I think it's nice to know that we have an organization overseeing all of that, which makes it hard sometimes for everybody to get along because the needs are so diverse. Hopefully, they're diverse, but most of the time they're not in conflict and. It's true some sometimes they they might be maybe how how small schools get financed versus large school districts but most of the time it's not a zero in fact rarely maybe it, it never is it a zero sum game it's just the state and the legislature only has so much attention span and can focus on only on only so much a, a great example is the issue of water in eastern kansas we don't have an issue with water i don't i should know this i think what Topeka we get 40 inches of rain a year Southwest Kansas, you get 19, 18, 17. That's a big difference. And that, yes, they have an aquifer, a big one, but that doesn't cover all of the state. In fact, in Hayes, they simply don't want nor recruit any businesses that need a lot of water. They've just taken that off the table. We're in Dodger Garden because they have bigger, better access to the Ogallala, that water is conserving the Ogallala is important, but they still will be happy to have businesses that, that need a lot of water, which they have because you have... Yeah, large dairies and large beef packing plants, obviously, there in large feedlots, and those cattle need a lot of water, particularly dairy cattle, because that's what produces the milk. And But that's Western Kansas needing and having issues with water is not in conflict with the eastern part of the state that we, we don't have those issues. Right. So, talk a little bit about how that all plays out then when you go up to the Capitol and you have these conversations and, and what's been going on this session? Well, most of the issues. Almost all the issues we've been dealing with are, are pretty uh, widespread and, and, and kind of even spread across the geography of the state. The biggest issue we've been focused on is the tax increase that we all just saw last April, a week ago, or was that, no, that was Monday, when we all paid our state taxes. We've been trying to get Kansas to allow to itemize. Right now, if Kansas is conformed to the federal tax code so that if you don't itemize at the federal level, you cannot itemize at the state level. The federal itemization, the federal standard deduction, rather, went up to 24000 So you have a lot of taxpayers that didn't itemize, and therefore we couldn't itemize at the state level. So our tax burden went up. At the corporate level, because of the Trump tax cuts and the lowering of the corporate tax rate, they broadened the definition of income. And so, again, we conform to the federal government, and so we have corporate taxes in Kansas. And since the definition of income is a lot broader and takes in a lot more, in fact, they created a few more uh, areas of liability, corporate taxes in Kansas also went up. And so for Kansas to be competitive, we need to decouple and allow itemization. And the governor vetoed the bill. We were close on an override. We're still talking to the governor. Is there some some give we can we can make in order to get her to sign it, or we'll keep trying to override it during the veto session? But it's a major competitive issue. I think even blue states like New York and, and California immediately decoupled South Carolina, who we compete a lot for for aviation jobs. South Carolina's become a big aviation state. Their legislature rushed to do this, and so that is a little frustrating. But that plays across geography and across parties. It it. It didn't get any Democratic votes, but I, I know some Democrats were 
favorable towards that, at least some elements of it. And so maybe we'll get get some of those. Um, another another issue we undertook is to reform the issue of corporate practice of medicine. Kansas was one of of state one of the states that doesn't allow corporate practice of medicine. It's a little bit of a term of art, but corporations can't hire physicians, and a lot of states allow that. And, and to me, it's a reform. It's a healthcare reform. Increases access, should lower costs, more competition. Markets work, and physicians shouldn't be shielded from the winds of the marketplace like literally every other industry and we worked on on a compromise and got i think over 100 votes and the governor just signed that yesterday so that's a major piece of of healthcare reform there's a bill that's sitting on her desk that allowed for association health plans for smaller groups to join to a larger plan to get better rates it also included what's called the farm bureau plan which is uh, a plan really tailored to the ag community and isn't necessarily insurance, but provides coverage for medical care. The governor had a bigger concern about that, or some folks did, but hopefully she'll sign that that combined bill. And those, both of those examples are things that apply across the state. Urban, rural, uh, Republican, Democratic, again, got a lot of got a lot of uh, got a lot of support across the party lines. It's a uh, that one's been a big deal for us for a long time. I know sure. that for. Um for me over sharing, I, I was actually red flagged early on in my, my business ownership. And so having health insurance has always been a requirement of one of, of my husband. And so uh, it's, it's always been a piece of our communication, but if we would have been able to be in a group health plan, like an association health plan, I could have been covered. And then so could have our employees and we could offer that benefit. It was a big it, taxing issue for us as um, a small business. It's a major cost driver. Owner. Yeah. Yeah, no question. It, it was it was pretty interesting. So I'm really excited about that one. Personally, I feel like it's a big play for small businesses to be able to come together and provide things to their, their staff that they really always wanted to provide. It's not like they're trying to get out of it. They just don't have the access to do it as well as they could. And I, again, I'll go back to corporate practice of medicine. Allowing more entities to be able to, to own clinics, for example, is only good for the public. There's another issue that we we worked on and got close to. We passed the bill out of committee, but then it got Medicaid expansion, got and go. It was independent practice for nurse practitioners. And right now, nurse practitioners need a collaboration agreement with a physician, which is uh, simply not needed. And 20-some states don't allow that. It, it won't magically change things overnight, but it allows nurse practitioners to practice independently. Again, more access, more competition, it lowers cost. And so there's things that we, the chamber and others are working on to address it. It's, it's not easy. Obviously, if it was easy, it would, have already, it would have already been done. So we have, we, we actually, the last issue of TK had a big piece on lobbying. And we were talking I to businesses that, that do lobbying. Yep. Um, so talk just a little bit about How's that process work and how do you guys see it as the Kansas Chamber? We have two full-time lobbyists and I spend some time in the Capitol and we have some of our other staff that's been there. It's I've been around the system and around the process a long time. It's advocacy is kind of, kind of fits the what we do and what other lobbyists do. You advocate for the interest of Kansas businesses or we do. And how do we do that? It's through conversations and providing information and building relationships so they have they can trust us and we give them information. Maybe they don't agree with it, but at least they know it's accurate and, and good data. We get our members engaged. Uh, it, it is Members join the chamber so they don't have to lobby, but yet we're most effective when we get those members contacting the legislators from their district. And as an example, I'll go back to corporate practice of medicine. Two of our, our members were, were lead, lead folks along with us that Cerner Corporation, large 
healthcare software company in, in the Kansas City area, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas City, and it was a perfect match. They couldn't have done it without us. We couldn't probably could not have done it without having more their member, level of membership engagement. Well, it's it's a powerful tool, but it seems like it's it's um, really an education piece. So it's been it's been fun to watch you guys and how you do it. I also really um, one of the things, and I'm not sure how this works for people listening if they wanted to get more information. But the newsletters and how you share what's going on is is that a part of a membership? Is that part yes. of yes. Yeah, so the that's so you're. I thank you for since your company joined us, and I should say to the audience, Tara is on our board, and so is one of yeah. my my bosses. Um, the, the yeah, that's a membership benefit. Is how can you keep informed of what's going on? And so you, you when you see that your legislator at Walgreens or at church, you're informed about what some of those issues are, and and it's, it's a lot of stuff that doesn't fly that flies below the radar, but yet has a tremendous impact on the state. The Capital Journal or WIBW News isn't able to report on everything. There's just not enough hours in the day and enough bandwidth. But yet there are issues that are important to you as as a as a business owner and your company that that you wouldn't know about other than getting the information from the chamber. Well, I find it impressive. I Eric, who's one yes, of the lobbyists, Eric Stafford, yep, and uh, he does a video which I yes. I really like. It's it's. I'm sorry, I, I can only read so much. Ironically, I have a magazine, but I can only read so much. And, <laughs> of course. And especially when it comes to stuff that gets a little bit more technical. And so he does a really good job explaining that. So he's, yeah, he's a terrific lobbyist. Been, been uh, not the oldest of guys, but have been around a long time and, and really knows his his issues. And our other lobbyist is, is Christy Brown, and she does a great job too. Yeah. Okay. So talk a little bit. Vision 2025 has been a big piece of what uh, the Kansas Chamber has been doing. Give us an update on what's kind of been coming out of that. What We've had a lot of community forums, and we're going to restart those later in the spring after the session about getting feedback from our members and non-members about what can the state be doing different and better? What can we as a business community be doing different and better? And what's come out of that is a couple things. One is a, uh, some pieces of legislation, as an example, is I don't think we're going to get it passed this year, but we're close. The ability of high school students to be on the floor of a manufacturing company or, or a construction site, and there's liability issues. And we were really close to having that solved where the state would take the liability as being self-insured and working with school districts. So these are students, and that came out of uh, feedback I consistently got from our members and parents who wanted their kids to have work experience. Uh, another, a couple of other things that we're doing, we had the Mercatus Center at George Mason University recently do a snapshot of how many regulations there are in Kansas. So they have a very sophisticated software that they plug the Kansas Administrative Code in and that you can, we can determine exactly how many shall, cannot, must do specific requirements of business, well, of everybody, individuals and businesses. And so we, they did that snapshot. I think we have about 80,000 regulations in Kansas. So our next step is to dive deeper and to find out which ones are unneeded, duplicative, which ones are based on something that happened 25 years ago. I talked, this is anecdotally, but businesses that fill out pieces of paper just so they don't know why they're doing it, but it's a requirement. Well, I, I, think, I think Laura Kelly's administration and others, this is a nonpartisan, non-ideological thing. Let's clean up the administrative code, and that makes it easier to to do business in Kansas. And some of the administration, some of the administrative and regulatory codes are also uh, personal in nature about how we do things and whether it's purchasing license plates, et cetera, that things can be improved there. So there's two. Well, the other major project we just undertook is working with the Tax Foundation. The Chamber also has an educational foundation, 
and we're working with them on a very comprehensive tax reform study to look at everything in the tax code and how can it be improved, a tax code that spurs economic growth. It doesn't necessarily mean lowering taxes, but making sure the tax code is not hindering growth. And they're literally on the ground in Kansas doing surveys and doing focus groups with legislators of both parties, the governor's office, businesses of all sizes, the League of Municipalities, other trade associations to get that feedback on what what hinders them from growth, what makes it easier or hard for them to, to grow, and how does it how can a city better administrate their tax burden? And that's an example of providing a larger vision, more tools for legislators, providing a roadmap for for future success. What really spurred this is Kansas has been a fairly fairly slow growth state for decades. 30 or 40 years, the political rhetoric gets a little old that, oh, it's because of Brownback's tax cuts. It, it wasn't this. We had slow growth under Sebelius, under Governor Graves, under Governor Hayden, probably go back to Bennett and Carlin. And we're trying to address that. What We're a slow growth state in population and, and income growth and growth state product. We're usually no better than the, the bottom 20 and sometimes in the bottom 10. In fact, the last full year, the data, the new data is coming out, but the last full year we were third from the last. Only The only two states worst were Connecticut and Louisiana. That's not a good thing. Economic growth, rising tide lifts all boats. A lot of problems, social and others, can be solved by a growing economy. And that's something that I, I wish legislators took a little bit more serious, but I also realize they're kind of in the grind of the legislature of dealing with uh, a lot of a lot of stuff that may not affect the economy, good or bad, but we need them a little bit more focused on growth. Growth, 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 that solves a lot of problems. So when you think about that and you think about growth in the state of Kansas, is there a certain point where, is there a, you know, the whole point of Vision 2025, uh, sometimes it's nice to have a place to aim. And and so some of these are, are hard. It's kind of, we, we're doing this with Shawnee County health rankings too, right? We're constantly looking at like, well, how do we improve our health rankings? What is the goal that we're trying to achieve? Because at the same time, we're trying to achieve something. So is other, other cities and other counties in that perspective. So when you think about Kansas and you think about where are we going, how do we, how do we take some ownership of like, and that's the goal? It's a great, great point because if you're, yeah, you don't have something to measure and no goal, then you're wandering around in the desert. To me, a reasonable goal is top 15 in economic growth. Uh, and it's, it may not be, maybe one year we're 12, one year we're 18, but consistently in that top 15 rank, Maybe a stretch goal is top five or eight. I, we have unbelievable assets here in the state, whether it's the university schools, yes, we have roads and bridges, et cetera, but we have a lot of smart business people, businessmen and women, a, gr- a lot of great companies, companies that I've already mentioned and others in all over Kansas, not just in Shawnee County or Wichita or Johnson County or Wyandotte. And uh, the other part of that would be, to me, we should be equaling the U.S. growth rate. And we're always behind it. Last year, the U.S. economy grew at 2.9%, and we were, well, we don't know yet. Uh, we, we, we'll be below that, I'm sure. And the year before, I think the U.S. was at 2, and we were negative. So just equaling the U.S. growth. And all those, those small percentages may seem like not much. They shouldn't be much to reach, but, like, what's the big deal? Where a half percent compounded over 5, 10, 15 years is enormous. And as an example, I know there's been some studies looking at Wichita and Des Moines, that if Wichita was growing at the same rate as Des Moines, the per capita income in Wichita could be as high as five to $8,000 a year more. Well, that's a lot of money per family. That's a lot of more money into the economy and system. In the economy of Wichita, a lot more money to the social services and nonprofits. So it has real, real impact on just a little bit more growth. We don't have to, 
we don't have to explode at four or five percent, but if we can get to consistently as a number two, two and a half, and or equal the U.S. and or get top fifteen, some some combination thereof, I think are reasonable goals. So this might be out of left field, but how much of this is the technical problems and how much of this is some adaptive issues where it's actually about the culture of the communities and things like that? I don't know. That's why we have the, that's why we're trying to commission the studies and take a harder look at it. It is perplexing. Uh, The culture of Kansas isn't vastly different than some of our neighbors, but yet they're growing just a little bit faster. My sense is it's structural about how we do business, what, what, whether it's education, uh, do we have duplication? Are we aligned? Is the, are the needs of businesses being met by the educational institutions? And some of that, a lot of that is on the business. The business community needs to do a better job of commuting, communicating to the education apparatus about what is needed today and what's needed tomorrow. I, I, I'm starting to believe that the sheer size and scope of our local, local government is a big culprit. We're second in the country in per capita local government employees, second. And Wyoming is number one, and one reason they're uh, number one is they don't have any private hospitals in Wyoming, where most of our large hospitals, including Stormont Vale and St. Francis, are private. They're government hospitals, and so it, it, it kind of juices up their numbers. But we have more governments than most states. Now, granted, your, your random cemetery district is probably that, that contracts with the local farmer to mow the cemetery is probably not driving the economy down. But... We have thousands of townships, water districts, cemetery districts. Here in Topeka, if you look at your your property tax bill, you pay the city, county, and school district. Nothing unusual there. But then there's a mill levy for the library, a mill levy for the transit for the transit authority, and a mill levy for the airport authority. There's absolutely no reason those three entities couldn't be part of either the city or county, city or county. You get efficiencies in equipment, efficiencies in personnel, maybe even more importantly, efficiencies in decision making, and. I, I'm starting to believe that, again, the size and scope of lo- local government. And yes, we have a lot of school districts, 283, we have a lot of counties, but that's not totally unusual compared to some of our our neighbors. And I think it might be all those other other many, many governments. And again, it makes it, it's just there's an inefficiency. If the township owns a dump truck and a road grader, that's, that they wouldn't need to own if Shawnee County took care of it. And uh, I, we're looking for some the right folks to study that, and I've talked to a few folks. And again, I'm sorry to repeat, but it's two things. It is the sheer size and, and if inefficiencies about there's real dollars, but it's also then the decision-making process. Can the community make a joint, a, a good decision if you have too many entities a, a, at the table? so much to think about it, it kind of you know overwhelms you and you, and it's it's why it's important to have an organization like the Kansas Chamber out there having these conversations because as business owners we're, we're supposed to go do our service or build our widget right that's that's kind of the goal and hopefully somebody's looking out for us you're that's a that's a challenge when I mentioned feedback from the business community to the educational education folks or even legislators businesses I, and I've been there your goal is to make payroll is to meet that customer order and you don't always have time to sit and think well what is my workforce going to look like in five years because you're dealing with with next week and speaking of of the uh, being an advocate for business and and the role of the chamber another thing we're starting to talk a lot about is celebrating the nobility of business and the nobility of earning a living and the free enterprise system and 
we're under a little bit of attack. You hear a lot more about socialism out there than you used to. Although I would say Bernie Sanders is not a socialist like Fidel Castro. And so it's a little bit of marketing. Uh, obviously, socialism is when the government owns the means of production, and it has never worked out well. It's amazing to me anybody wants to be attached with that term. It you saw Compare Cuba to the rest of the Caribbean nations. They're awful. Look at Venezuela. Compare them to even their poor, used to be poorer neighbors, Bolivia and Peru. Look at East Germany, West Germany. East Germany, West Germany, North Korea, South Korea are just great examples where you have the same cultural norms, same history, same ethnicity, and yet West Germany became a powerhouse. East Germany became what it was, a dilapidated country that they're still struggling with, and then, of course, North South Korea, where North Korea is one of the poorest countries in the world. South Korea is one of the one of the richest. And so what caused this 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 miracle, uh, 1,800, a billion people on the face of the earth, 90% lived in abject poverty. Today, it's only 14%. So w- was was it the UN that caused this miracle? Was it the International Monetary Fund? Was it foreign aid? No, it's the free market system. Rule of law, property rights, entrepreneurship, innovation, trade, and we need to celebrate that. Uh, uh, I have a great quote from Barack Obama that uh, – The free enterprise system has produced more wealth than any other thing ever in the face of the earth. It's lifted billions of people out of poverty. So it wasn't a government program. It wasn't uh, nonprofits do great work, but what what gives resources to the nonprofits, it's the free enterprise system which creates wealth for, for all of us. And yes, there are inequality issues and we can deal with those, but let's not denigrate the whole system that has provided so much for the, for the face of the earth. You know, and, all that being said, not only does it create wealth, but it also creates freedom and this peace within you to be able to go and be excited about waking up every day. And I think that that's really critical as well. And and, and, and sometimes we focus on, well, the entrepreneurs and the Bill Gates, but the folks that are working there, that they're able to provide for their family and give money back to their community and it gives them a sense of well-being. And Arthur, Dr. Arthur Brooks has a great term called earned success, that it's profoundly important when you have a family living in the same house, earning earning their own way, providing for their kids, and one spouse helping the other spouse. And it's clearly the best system we'll, that we'll ever come up with. Has some flaws, but uh, like uh, Winston Churchill said about democracy, uh, democracy is the worst form of government except for all the others. <laughs> I've heard that one before. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting that one, but yes. I've heard that one before. I think that it fits with... One free market system, although I'd be more positive about the free market system, as I mentioned, it's the single single biggest program for alleviation of poverty ever seen in, uh, in mankind, whether it's the U.S. or whether it's across the globe. Okay, so I could keep talking forever yep, about sorry. this, but um, so we've got about a few minutes or a few seconds just to wrap up. So tell a little bit about how do people get more information about the Kansas Chamber? Go to the kansaschamber.org and you'll see a lot of the programs. If you're a business owner, Please join, and the due structure is is on the website. We have a suggested due structure based on your number of employees. If you're an employee of a company that's not a member, encourage those folks to join. The bigger the bigger we are, more members, more folks involved, the better we'll be. But even if not, you're not a member, your company's not a member, we have lots of information on our website. You can learn about what's going on and what's important to the state and how you, how, how you might be able to get involved outside of the chamber. So just the web, website's the best way, kansaschamber.org. Awesome. Alan, thanks so much for joining My me. My pleasure. Thank you, Tara. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining me on TK Business Live. Have a fabulous end to your week. Thank you.